All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off Axis Podcast. I'm here with Alana Baker and Phil Bellinger. Got that right, right? Yeah. So you guys are circus acrobats and artists. Uh, I know that you guys perform, or you performed in Volta, correct, Phil? Yeah. And uh, did you perform in one of the shows also? Yeah, I was in Ovo. Ovo. Yeah. Oh, cool. We just had Dominic on. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was on the last podcast. Okay, um, super cool. Yeah, what did you do in Ovo? Um, I was an acrobatic character and aerial hoop. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Aerial hoop. Is that Lyra? Exactly. Same thing? Yeah. Okay. And so you do unicycle act, correct, Phil? Yeah, hand-to-hand on a unicycle. That is crazy. Um, so what is, like, your guys' background? We'll start with you. What did you, like, how did you get into circus in the first place? So I was a gymnast from the age of five. I started training sports acrobatics. And when I was eight, I saw my first Cirque du Soleil show. And that's when I said to my parents, oh, that's what I want to do when I'm older. Oh, really? And then I competed for my country, for Great Britain. I came... Um, European champion and third in the world. And then after I finished competing six months later, I ran away with the circus. Oh, wow. And I was with them for seven years until now. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, the circus, the circus life is like when you say I'm running away with the circus, it's like the epitome of exactly (laughs) what you say it is. Yeah. People are so like, oh, I've always wanted to do that and stuff. And when we performed in like traveling circuses, the crowd always wants to come up to your like trailer and like look in like, what do the circus acrobats do? <laughs> and uh, how did you get into it originally? Uh, so I studied circus in Quebec City uh, and my background is more street performance. So when I was uh, 13 years old, I did my first street show. So that was kind of like my background where I learned how to be on stage and stuff. Uh, my dad pretends to be the first one in Quebec City to own a unicycle. So I was kind of like inspired by that. So I... I asked my parents to to buy me a unicycle, and that's, and then when I joined the circus school afterwards and learned the rest of my skills. Oh, that's crazy! So, d- what did you do before the unicycle stuff? Did you do like sports growing up, or no? Really, just you were kind of born yeah. into circus, huh? Yeah, kind of for sure. So, um, so how did you guys meet? Were you performing in a show? Um, because you guys are engaged, right? Yes. Sweet. Through Congratulations. Of, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, friends of friends like introduced us to each other. But we first started speaking through Instagram. Yeah. Can you pull the mic a little closer to you again? Yeah, of course. Is that better? Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we first started speaking through Instagram and then we were trying to make our schedules line up, which is not easy when you're both on tour. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. And then we were both going to be in Vegas at the same time and we met for the first time. So so are, do you guys, you guys reside here now? Have you lived here for a while or we, is it new? Yeah, we bought our house in January. So that was, yeah, fairly new. And then we just moved in right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, when perfect. everything, yeah, <laughs> shut down, we we're like, well, let's go home yeah. and furnish the house. That's, <laughs> that's like perfect timing. That's like as good as it gets. Like, yeah, it was, we wanted to take our time and <laughs> which kind of like happened to be, bad decision because then everything closed so yep. we, didn't, we didn't have anything so <laughs> that was like oh um, yeah we don't have a table and a couch and well good things we, yeah <laughs> so that was like a little bit challenging but it was kind of good to have a lot of space and just to be able to like slowly get things together and build things and uh, yeah made it home yeah you know? i'm sure you had plenty of time because we moved in here right before the pandemic hit too and it was like oh thank god we at least got into a, like a new place and mm-hmm. like we kind of have unlimited training space and that kind of stuff. And it was like a cool like environment compared to our old place. 
but it was like pretty much perfect timing. Um, so do you have any other skills you've performed on stage other than unicycle? Um, can you do like hand to hand regular? I'm assuming. Yeah. So there's, these are the two acts that we normally, um, that we've, yeah, perform a lot. Uh, unicycle is more rare. So yeah, for sure. It kind of became our thing more than hand to hand. Um, and we just, yeah, it's just the feeling of like doing something more unique and people that haven't really seen before. So it's kind of. Yeah. something that we want to focus a little bit more on definitely yeah. and how long have you been with Cirque or how long did you do the show for um so Volta was my third production oh with, really yeah with with Marily with my partner oh uh, okay so we did Kuza for three years and then Paramore in New York oh nice and then Volta so it's been seven years so was uh was Paramore was that a station show in one spot or did it travel around yeah it was uh fixed in oh, okay. New York as a Broadway show. Nice. Would you prefer yeah. to do a touring show or would you prefer to do a stationary show? I love touring, honestly. It was, I mean, I, like when I was in New York, I was like, I'm never leaving here. It's so awesome. Yeah. And I really fell in love with New York. So it was nice to have an apartment and yeah, for sure. have a routine and get into it for sure. Like just, yeah, having a routine is something that is really nice. Yeah. When you have like your own gym, you can go yeah, to exactly. you know, like have a set schedule. It's nice. But also touring is just, well, it's, there's always something new. There's always a new place to visit. There's always, you get into a routine for like yeah. a month or two and it's like, all right, let's move on and let's discover a new city. And then it's like, okay, this, so I really like both. It's, it's hard to say which I, I can't really decide, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, I love my job and I love how, you know, the environment that is around it for sure. I think a month is like the sweet spot for a tour, like to stay in one area. Cause I did a tour before and it was every week we're in a different city. And unfortunately we also had to do the setup and tear down for this, the circus. So it was like, it was just too hectic. I don't know if I would want to do it again, but if we had a month in every spot, I think that would be more appropriate. So that way you can kind of settle in and like not be so hectic of move your like beds and stuff all the time. Yeah, on Ovo, we were just doing a week every city. Yeah. It becomes a lot. Like, yeah. after the show on a Sunday, you jump on a bus and do a six-hour drive to the next city. Like, it's... And you don't feel like you get to explore the city necessarily because it's... Each week feels like the same week. I remember the week by which hotel I was staying in. Yeah. And that's when it becomes a bit like, okay, so, I prefer to stay in one place a little bit longer. Yeah. So, Ovo, that's not a tent, right? That's a stadium no. show? Exactly. Arena. So, it started out as a big top. I was on Big Top and did Australia and Japan with them. And then it switched to an arena show. Ooh, how was Japan? Super cool. I've always wanted to go yeah. there, but I haven't been there yet. It's one of those places where I didn't necessarily want to go. Like I wasn't like, oh, I really need to go to Japan. But once I'd been, I, I really want to go back. Yeah. It's such an incredible place. The people are so friendly. It's so clean. Yeah. And Australia is really nice too. Mm. That was probably my favorite place that I've been to. It's kind of like California, but like a little bit more chill. Like people don't have that competitive mindset of like, oh, I want to tear everyone down to get to the top. And yeah. they're not so focused on like their social media numbers and stuff. Yeah. They're more like laid back. And I believe they have a system in Australia to where everyone gets paid a little bit more uh, by their age. So if you're 41, you're making more than someone who's 40 years old. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And I that's think that's very a, interesting. It's a very good way of like keeping everyone from like being jealous of each other and that kind of stuff. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. Mm -hmm. But uh, so where have you guys traveled to in Volta? Volta just did an American tour. Just America? America. Yeah. We started in Montreal and then we did a little bit of Canada. 
and then yeah came straight in the u.s we were gonna finish that till the end of the year and then move to europe so that was kind of like the the tour plan for now so have you guys had any update at all on if it's gonna happen or not no i'm kind of like i liked it to have like the time off and to be able to focus on our businesses and focus just yeah. spend time as well with lana and to like focus on the relationship and just okay well we're you know it's we're in the house we're living it together and we're just building this yeah awesome life and yeah yeah focus on different goals that i've always been entrepreneur and like focusing on my goals but being able like being full-time working for a company you know you just don't end up investing yeah your full you know mindset yep, and so it's like okay now being forced to and not having necessarily the opportunities to go on stage or to like well there's you know there are no stage at the moment there's no yep. or barely you know so it's like well let's just focus 100 percent into this and to yeah. grow our yeah yep. make things happen yeah i'm in the exact same boat too because i had like an eight month tour scheduled for my own show and then it all disappeared within 48 hours like every single client was like hey we have to postpone or it's done for sure and uh it like really made me focus like oh i should really focus on like my youtube channel and uh, my footwear company because at least shoes aren't going anywhere like you can always sell shoes everyone's wearing shoes i know right <laughs> like, <laughs> seems like a pretty safe market to be in so your company what is it called again design control design control so did you start that yourself yeah me my hand-to-hand -hand partner we started that about almost six years ago now oh wow that's uh, a while yeah so it's been yeah it's been just you know hustling and creating products and learning how to create products and it's just yeah it's been a great journey honestly and it just yeah finding new suppliers and where to make yep. them and how to it's a it's a lot and it, we've invested so much time and and money in into this yeah. so now it's like well you know we have a huge inventory and we were just like we have you know all this that is there why not you know grow this and yeah so we've yeah we've come up with a lot of new products in the in the last couple of months now and it's super fun to be you know focusing on this and yeah what did you guys start with like what product our first product was actually a male underwear oh really yeah that was our first product which was kind of like like now that i think about it, it was a bit of a mistake at first i was like you know there's there's not really like an underwear that i like so i focus on this and then everyone was like oh you know i really like your underwear line and i was like oh no i want a sportswear line yeah and then i was like i didn't think of that okay <laughs> well so we had all these other projects like other products that were on the table that was like okay let's make it let's make them all happen you know right now because i don't want this i don't want to focus too much on like going one direction and then having to fight to like go back to yeah so it was like yeah it was like kind of a oh a big realization of you know the the first little mistake that we did you know it was for like, sure but in a, in the same time it was such a perfect product and it's still one of our best product that we've created so it was like it's not really a mistake yeah because there was something that was needed and and you know definitely in the market but i was just yeah i just didn't think of the repercussion of what you're coming up with and how the image you're you know you're portraying. Yeah, yeah portraying exactly yeah, business is a crazy thing. I almost think of it as a sport now that I don't do like competitive athletics anymore. I'm like fully focused on like business now and it's so crazy. It's almost like you have to learn a new trick or something 
and like for a business it's actually like oh how do i get stuff from china or like how do i work this legality stuff out so it's like it's very interesting and it's like i'm sure you'll take like the same like approach as if you were as an athlete or something moving forward especially once you're done performing at least you have something there because i've always told people like hey i know you work for cirque du soleil but you're gonna want to focus on something else and like if just something happened like you got hurt or fired or coronavirus or yeah (laughs) (laughs) no one would ever saw that one coming but yeah it's always good to have something fall back on but uh how is business doing though really good actually Yeah, yeah we've i'm very surprised with the whole like when the pandemic hit honestly like for two weeks there was like barely any sales and i was like whoa what is going Uh-oh. on <laughs> yeah so i was like this is where this is what i want to focus on now and like the show's kind of like stopped before it was really bad yeah and then the following week that's where like everything was like whoa yep super bad and then two weeks later three weeks later we were like hitting like really like amazing numbers and i was just like okay people are just shopping online and it's that's what and people are we have a huge ambassador program uh, we're over 500 ambassadors around the world and everyone's just promoting the brand and because people have time and uh, we've kind of like changed the rules of it and we're, make, we're allowing our ambassadors to make more profit with the with the discount codes that they generate the sales that they generate yeah so now people are just focusing on trying to make a little bit of money with that and just trying to they have the time to make the photos and the, the videos and so it's it's been really nice to to work with these ambassadors and to grow this ambassador program and just to to get out there and to offer an opportunity for people to yeah yeah be part of it and be collaborate with us so yeah that's yeah. a great business plan too especially like because you get so much content and i looked at your page and your it just looks so amazing like all the content that you guys have like all high quality stuff it looks really good and i'm sure that ambassadors are stoked i'm sure they you give them like product and stuff as well right uh I, we don't necessarily like give products that that's kind of like our our thing because we we focus on yeah, having you know our, the circus artists as our ambassadors, but also we can't give the products to them because it's just there's just everyone asking for yeah, products. So for we kind of sure. made that rule, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of like said, okay, no, we don't give any products, but we we kind of give access to discount on on all the catalogs. So yeah, because it's kind of like you can't really be an ambassador for Lululemon. You know, you're like, oh, I like the their clothes but i can't be an ambassador well if you're a circus artist you can be a design control ambassador so that's yeah. kind of like our our business plan where you're a circus artist you can get you can have access to all these products at 35 percent off so everyone has 35 percent off and everyone's making 15 percent on their 15 percent discount good way to make money so it's kind of like we don't necessarily make money on the ambassadors but they do have to order to be able to make money then yeah so it's it's just a way for us to be able to give the opportunity to them and to give yeah a, a quality sportswear brand to the community yeah and to just reach out to their followers and to their fan base so it's that's yeah. that's our business plan Th- that's great is i don't know of any other like circus brands that do the same kind of stuff as you do you know of any no i think we're definitely the the biggest yeah for sure in in the the community of circus artists and there are other brands that are really respected into the community like lululemon i know they you know everyone that does 
acrobatic or you know yoga and it's kind of like well this is the quality and the pricey but it's just they have an amazing branding that they work through and yeah i just want to follow that kind of quality branding where people they they rely on quality clothing clothing for for training so that's kind of yeah that's that's a good approach though yeah yeah and especially if you can like keep it like a, a niche thing into like a circus performers it's like people want to support circus brands rather than go out and support like Hollister or some like other random brand. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a good way to go. I thought, uh, people would want to do that for shoes, but it's so hard to produce like really high quality shoes and like compare them to like ASICs and stuff. And I think our biggest mistake when we first started was only making one, uh, color because you know, once you buy shoes, you don't want to buy the same shoes again. Yeah. Like maybe you do, but you have to really, really like them. So that's one of the biggest mistakes that we learned. Plus, like I started clothing line back in the day and then I realized, oh, I actually don't like doing clothing at all. Like I I dress pretty lame. So like I'm not into that kind of stuff at all. But I mean, shoes are as shoes is a pretty good one for me. Um, What do you think is like the future of your business? Do you think you're going to expand into other industries or do you want to stay in a circus? Um, Something that we've started doing is so we have kind of on our store is so instead of being just a brand is more of a, a store where we open it to a marketplace where people they can have their product on there and we can drop ship for people so um we're partnering with other people that have a platform where yeah. they don't necessarily want to have like a an inventory of clothing that they want to ship out to clients but we do this for them so we use yeah. our, our catalog of of products and we transform their merchandising for them with our products so it's kind of so we have a we have this whole marketplace where we have clothing but also just products that are li- other products yeah exactly that's actually a great idea like liquid chalks and hands name yes two straps uh, the aerial fit body straps are on there uh, we have like some occupine uh, balls yeah yeah mat. yeah so it's uh, so we're growing this and we're we want to just offer the opportunity to ambassadors or to partners to be able to collaborate with us and have products on there and make money with this as well. Yeah, definitely. So it kind of becomes the marketplace for the circus community to be on there and to just generate more revenues with just ideas. So if they come up with a product, well, you don't necessarily have to market it. You can store it uh, with us and we will do the shipping and you can generate sales throughout the whole website and make revenue with the website and your product. So there are different kind of bracket yeah. of, pro- of percentage of uh, yeah revenues but for sure that's kind of like where we're going and how we're growing yeah and definitely having a, a wider variety of, of product was something that was needed in our business plan and i realized that yeah i i do have a lot of ideas and i do want to realize my ideas but i also want to use all the work that i've put into this and offer it to other people to collaborate with us and yeah. to be able to you know just bring bring their ideas on the table and be able to monetize this and to be yep. able to grow and to be part of this and it's not it's not just about design control it's about the whole community yeah so it's about the whole uh, everyone that is in the community that can be part of this and that can be that can relate to it so that's it's their brand kind of thing. yeah definitely sometimes i uh, am thinking about my brand and i'm like i'm actually kind of starting a community and then we just happen to have a product yeah because it's more of like it's not like I just have a footwear company. I have like a whole community and people like yeah. that translates into like a product eventually. 
But yeah, I look at our website and I see all the people that come and we have like 20,000 every month. And then that doesn't translate into sales at all because we only have one product. So I'm always thinking like, man, if only I had like a tramp wall or something like some kind of other products on there on my website to actually like get more people to actually buy because uh, it just doesn't translate into sales. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of you know online sales. People, they they need to come back and come back and then keep, yep. keep looking and then, you know, finding different different new products and then oh oh i like this one and then after 20 times they'll be on your website yeah then they'll make the decision to purchasing that's where the long the long term is you know it's it's a long-term game it's not like the the first three years for me were terrible sales wise like i was making no sales really i mean you know it's like yeah it's when you start as everyone oh they look at it they're like oh that's cool that's that's what I'm in right now. Yeah. We're only in our second year of business, almost second year actually. Yeah. So th- it's not that people, they don't like it. They just, you know, they just look at it and yeah. it's, and it's nice and they'll come back on your website and they'll come back Yeah, and they'll come back and then you'll have your fourth generation of shoes, which are going to be just as amazing and oh, way more amazing than your second and third. And, yep. and then they'll be like, Oh, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And then they'll buy it. Yeah. And then they'll sure. be like, yeah. It, and it's, and I, I really like your product. I honestly, like you contacted me about a year ago and I, when you sent it to us, I was like, these shoes are amazing. And I've been wearing them in training all the time. And the way you're going to, you know, hustle and keep training, like keep, keep creating new products. You, yeah. It, I, I'm so stoked to try the second one, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. the third one and the fourth one. I think, yeah, what you're doing is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, I never ever thought I would be making footwear in my entire life. I would have never thought that. But then, like, I came from action sports, and then once I started doing tramp wall a few years ago, I saw that, oh, everyone's wearing wrestling shoes? What? What like, is that? Yeah. <laughs> why? why? Why is no one making, like, acrobatic shoes for people? Because it's like, I personally don't think wrestling shoes are good for, like, trampoline wall because there's no grip on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, you think that they're grippy, but when you actually, like, look at them, they kind of slide right off the wall because wrestling shoes are made for, like, soft mats to stick onto that stuff. So I just basically made wrestling shoes slightly wider so people don't roll their ankles, slightly thicker sole. And uh, that's our product. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just marketing them as uh, acrobatics. And I feel like it kind of started a community. I felt like I was like, no one's doing anything with trample. We got to like form this into like a community and like start doing events and that kind of stuff. And then once we started doing events, like other people are doing events now too. So, yeah, I don't know. There is no like circus industry if no one's like actually creating products and that kind of stuff. So it is good that like people like us are actually doing products. And I think eventually other people will start forming like, I don't know, like other kinds of businesses as well. Yeah, definitely. The, the community is there. It's just yeah. a, it's just a matter to, to connecting it. You know, it's just getting out there and creating, you know, the, the content and creating the products and listening to the people that are actually there to wear it. Yeah. And it's just, and I feel like your business model with the whole like trample wall shows that is on your website as well. I feel like it's just a, a perfect, like the kind of pop-up store where you do events. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I, you, you must sell a lot of shoes when you do events like that. No. Or, um, yeah, I actually always offer a lower price to the, to the clients if they allow us to put our big fat logo on the wall and sell the shoes there as well. Oh, and it yeah. like works out for both of us. I mean, we usually don't ma- sell that many shoes, but it's just like marketing and like a long term thing. Yeah, I think. Um, so what do you do on the side? I don't want to 
only talk to Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I help them with design control as well. I'm with him the whole time, so. So, okay, continue. And then we've also started like another small company of printing, like heat press transfer, customizing creative printing. So. Oh, cool! I have a heat transfer like right over here somewhere. Okay, nice. Yeah. So yeah, we've started. We do it to help control as well, and to help other small businesses with clothing labels, and because you know when you start a business, a small yeah. business, it's the minimum. There's the minimum is so high. Yeah. So we for don't sure. have a, a minimum, so it's a good way to. Yeah. It's good, like yeah. extra side hustle. Yeah. And like I ran into that problem. I was like, man, I got to order 30 shirts to start off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I think I'm just going to go learn how to print my own shirts. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, I do that. And I've just finished studying nutrition and I'm about to start personal training. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I was a personal trainer for years. Okay, um, nice. Like, uh, are you going to work for a gym or do yeah. you think you're going to do it on your, like, for, at to your start own place? With for EOS Fitness. Oh, that's where I work out. Okay, nice. Which one do you guys go to? Um, Durango 215. Oh, okay. I go to the one that's on Eastern, the other side. Okay. There's about to be a new one opening. Yep. I'm going to go to so that close. one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That one's going to yeah. be nice. It's like right down the street. Yeah. But yeah, I'll start there. And I was the strength and conditioning coach on OVO. Nice. So, and then eventually it would be nice to do like personal, personal training, not in a gym. Yeah, for like sure. Like one to one, like I want a gym in our garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nowadays, it'd be great to have a gym in your garage because yeah. who knows if they're still going to be open soon. But did you notice the price of like home workout equipment like skyrocketed over the last three months? Oh, yeah. My because friend Brandon told me, he was like, yeah, I'm making all this money off of flipping weights and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? what? You just buy old weights and paint them and then you resell them for like four times as much because everyone, everyone like, wants them right now. Yeah. When the gyms were closed, oh everyone's like, how do I work out? And I was even like damn i uh-huh. wish i had more weights at home because like i have nothing to like yeah. lift or anything yeah but uh yeah so uh personal training's a really good like it, i think it's the most rewarding job mm-hmm. that i've ever done i only did it for a few years but i had my license for like eight okay, nice. but uh it's like you see someone come in and they can like barely walk and by the time like you're like on like week five they're able to like, hey, I'm. I was able yeah. to like play with my kids the other day, and it's uh-huh. that's like the most rewarding thing. Yeah, I think. for sure. Just seeing their transformation and, you know, a change in mindset and. Yeah. It's cool. It was nice to do it. I was strength conditioning coach on Ovo for, year and a half, two years. Nice. So it was nice to work with, and you know, everyone comes with a different problem, or, each artist to its own. Like every person has their own. Yeah. Strengths and weaknesses, so it's a good challenge as well. Definitely. So. I also want to talk to you guys about nutrition because you guys both have like perfect six packs year round. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell do they always have perfect six packs? So tell me, what's the secret? She's the secret, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty into, I also compete in bikini fitness. Oh, nice. So at the moment I'm not competing because I was trying to save some money for our wedding. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm pretty into my nutrition and staying on track and I like to look good. Yeah. I love to work out. Mm-hmm. So I kick his ass. What's the, <laughs> what kind of diet do you use? Um, I, if it fits your macros when I'm competing, I'm very, very strict. Like I weigh it to the gram Ooh. and we'll eat like the same every day. I, she, she weighs everything every day. That's crazy. Down to like the, it, in the morning, it's 120 grams of egg white, uh, not 121, 120. <laughs> It's like <laughs> also because I have a coach who yeah. coaches me, and I'm like, if I'm gonna pay him, there's no point lying to him. Oh, for and sure. My G- measurements have changed, worth. and he's like, why? And I'm like, oh, because I, you know, I'm not doing what you're telling me. So, I'm yeah, I'm 
doing what I'm paying for. <laughs> That's some serious motivation now. Yeah. So would you guys, do you normally eat like six meals a day or do you like intermittent fast? For me, I normally eat like five to six meals a day. Um, yeah, I'm hungry a lot of the time. I eat smaller meals, but more often for me, that works better. Yeah. Okay. So let's go over your daily schedule. You wake up, do you eat first or do you go work out first? We'll go and go for like a morning walk. Okay. Just to get out a bit. And then we'll come home, have breakfast. And then we'll go to the gym. And then we'll come home and work. Work, 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 work. Yeah. Until like 11 p.m. Nice. And then you guys go to the gym again? No. Just <laughs> once a day. <laughs> once a day? Yeah. Do you guys and do heavy lifting? Yeah. I do weights. And then every other day, maybe I'll do like 10 minutes of cardio. Nice. I try and keep my cardio to a minimum, but enough to be able to... If I go back to work to do an act, it's good to be able to have the stamina there. Yeah. Do you ever find that uh, if you lift too much weights, you start to lose some of your skill or you become a little bit slower towards your uh, your act? Um, for me, the stronger I am, the better I am for everyone. Yeah. It's amazing. And the, however, the heavier I am, the harder mm-hmm. it is. So there's like finding that middle ground. Yeah. And also I have to go careful because there's... Stronger I get, the tighter my muscles get, so the less flexible For sure. I feel. Yeah, so you it's gotta like, stretch a lot. Yeah. yeah, stretching is so big. And I'm sure for you, it doesn't really matter that much because you're more of like basically doing strength and conditioning as you're performing, right? Yeah, and flexibility balancing. has never really been so important for me, but yeah, yeah I, th- I think I'm kind of like telling this to myself just so I'm, I don't have to stretch but I, sh- I should stretch more <laughs> I uh, don't stretch at all yeah it's crazy how like yeah I need to take care of a little bit of that sometimes I'm like why is my lower back hurting so much oh yeah I'm gonna stretch a little bit I guess it's, it's been uh, a month <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a year okay <laughs> yeah for sure um, like a probably like four years ago I was also training for like a physique competition okay, and nice. I put on like I stopped going to skate parks and put on all this muscle and then I randomly got booked for a show and like immediately I was like, I'm so slow and like totally mm-hmm. everything's off and like nothing worked oh, yeah. right anymore. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I got to kind of choose one or the other. I can't yeah. do both. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're like, for me, I have to be very precise. Otherwise you hit your face on the ground or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was like, same. I say with my coach, I'm like, like, I can have a building season, but I still want to stay in relatively good shape because I'm on stage the whole time. I need to be able to do my job. That's the priority. Yeah. So yeah yeah what what was the competition you were doing uh oh i'm not really sure it was in los angeles because uh, i used to work for gold's gym so a lot of my clients would be uh people that were doing physique competitions i can't remember the name of it it was sometime in june in like 2015 okay. or so okay. and you worked in gold's gym in la yeah i worked in for gold's in la uh no not okay. the mecca i uh i was going to work for them okay. but uh then i kind of saw i was like so I was applying to be their fitness manager. Okay. And like when you're the fitness manager, your objective is to sell as much as you possibly can sure. to your personal trainers. But the problem with the Mecca is they have so many famous personal trainers there. Oh, it's yeah. like, how am I going to sell yeah. like Joe Schmo over like this guy, like uh-huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger's trainer? Like yeah. people go to the Mecca to train with like super mm-hmm. famous, like bodybuilders. And then yeah. I was like, doesn't really seem like a very like good yeah. plan. And there's a reason why they kept going through fitness managers. Cause they were probably like, you can't mm-hmm. sell these guys over like the the famous the fam- athletes yeah. you have. Yeah. But I heard they um filed for bankruptcy, I think. Oh, they of, did. Because of the pandemic, yeah. Oh, I bet. That's so crazy. And I don't think that gym was like super profitable cuz so many 
like whatever you would go in there there'd be so many famous people and you know those famous people aren't paying for their membership mm-hmm. it's almost like you go to that gym just for the environment yeah. and like there's so many famous people yeah. all over the place i like training there but because of the feel of it like it's yeah you're like okay i need to train like i want to train hard there's a yeah. it's a good vibe it is but a good it's vibe expensive it's yeah it is super Too expensive expen- yeah. yeah we went there. it was like 40 dollars for the daily yeah, pass no. but as well it's kind of like when you think about the brand of gold's gym it yep. just it just makes so much sense to have to have this location to to you yeah. know to be on on the internet and it's just marketing for sure i think big time like even if it's just it goes in the expenses of the whole brand of Ghost Gym. Yeah. Because they have a lot of products, that, like related products. You go in Walmart and you can find Kettlebell that are Ghost Gym. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like, that's they crazy. They have a lot of products. Yeah, it's a pretty diversified brand. Um, when I worked for them, I actually worked for a franchise, which is like not connected to the Venice one. It was just Gold. It was called Gold's Gym LA and they had yeah. like four or five gyms. And then they also used to own gyms out here, but EOS bought them out. Oh, okay. oh interesting. Yeah. So I was working for a big corporation. It I didn't find it to be that fun working there because personally I was selling uh, training for seventy to eighty five dollars per session, and I was making seventeen fifty to twenty two. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, like I kind of felt bad because when it comes down to it, and you're sitting across from someone who really wants to train, and then you just have to bust out these huge numbers, and then you, it's like how much do you care about this person's walk? Cause you kind of feel like you're ripping them off. Cause mm-hmm. it's not like they're paying for your time. They're paying yeah. for your time. And then they're also paying this 75% to the gym, yeah. which is weird because they already have a membership there. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So I worked there for a couple of years and then, uh, eventually they brought in new management. They're like, Hey, we're not making enough sales. It's, it's hard. Like, I guess they weren't paying their rent cause they were in a mall or something like that. So their, their strategy was, hire a bunch of personal trainers and then i was the guy stuck like training them and one guy was like can you teach me how to use the foam roll i'm like what you didn't like learn this in their class and like there's certain classes like uh n-e-s-k-a nesca which is like the cheapest personal training program you could possibly do and just it barely teaches you anything wow yeah but like did you take the nasm class yes that one's so complex that you're like not going to use half that information and the minute you pass your test it like it's <laughs> you totally forget like i can't remember yeah. any of like the like very yeah. complex it's words science based and i was like reading the book and i was like man i gotta look up all these words mm-hmm. like this is crazy yeah but i eventually figured out i was like oh you could just take the test over and over and over and then you know what's on the test and then as you're reading the book you okay. understand what's on it okay yeah kind of cheating but i mean if you get there one way or the other yeah yeah, so I don't want to hold you guys too long because I know it's already about 5.15. Um, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, Definitely thank you fun time. for having us. 40 minutes flies by fast, huh? Wow. 40, wow. That's yeah, crazy. we're almost at 40 minutes. Um, but so where can they find you on Instagram, Alana? Um, at Alana Baker. Alana Baker. Yeah, pretty simple. S- yeah, sweet. Do you do TikTok as well? Are you I guys do. into that stuff? He got me into it. Hey. He's obsessed with it. <laughs> Dude, do you guys have a big following on TikTok? Me no, I started in pandemic. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. We 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 were kind of like into it a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. We're like, hey, if there's one time to be famous on TikTok, it's right now. Right it's now, happening <laughs> one video a day, and then it was like we kind of got busy with other you know life and businesses. Yeah, for so sure. We honestly the past two months, I think I think we've like posted three times. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like 
put that aside a little bit but yeah real quick so did you focus on only instagram or did do you have a youtube channel or any of that other stuff as well for me i i focused on instagram a lot yeah that was kind of like my yeah did you post like some viral video or something like how did you grow such a huge following it was working with photographers yeah photographers working with photographers and then yeah doing uh, like cover magazines and stuff was kind of like where people were finding me and then yeah articles here and there in magazines were i think really was paying off especially on the east coast uh two years ago that was like a big and then a lot of like other instagram account were sharing the content and it was just a matter of like creating good content yeah for sure yeah consistency Which, yeah good content mm-hmm. and then people they kind of liked they really started like liking the the content that i was coming up with and adding a little bit of humor into it and yeah it was yeah at the beginning i didn't really like what like it was too much about like photos and like the pretty boy kind of style of, of yeah of post and i was like it's not really me but it's working really well so i'll keep doing it and then i was like okay i need to like really put my personality into this yeah and adding more videos and like just funny videos and this like having a diversity into the, these two kind of styles of of content was really made it something i was comfortable with and yeah definitely and you have like a, a long-term like uh it's all quality content that's on your page for me like i hit ten thousand really fast and then once i hit ten thousand i was like hey actually i kind of want to learn trampoline and then my instagram went from like high quality action sports stuff to beginner trampoline and my eyes like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> so got a lot of unfollows but uh yeah thank you guys for coming on and your page is phil belan phil belan do you want to yeah. spell your last name b-e-l-a-n for instagram is p-h-i-l-b-e-l-a-n okay cool and your uh page or your uh, company is design control yeah control with a k with a k yeah sweet awesome thank you guys for coming on thank you thanks for having us thank you guys for listening comment if you uh listen to the whole thing and we'll see you guys the next one subscribe if you haven't peace